Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You are incredibly welcome. You're Can I ask you a question right off the bat? Please. When I say, okay, so uh, I, this is the way the podcast starts. You say, uh, with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. And I say, thank you for having me, Joe. And then you pause a little bit longer than I think you're going to every time. And I don't know why. Has this ever, have you ever noticed this? I have not, I have not noticed this. I, I you know, I think that partly it could be, you, you have this weird thing on, on Zoom that like sometimes your voice will like speed up really fast. Like nobody hears this, I hope, because, uh, because we clean it up post. I, I right. just wanted to say that. Yeah. Yeah. We clean it up in post. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do, um, which is not true at all. But but somehow I don't think people hear that. But yeah, so so it's usually I'm waiting for that to catch up. But there's also I'm I'm judging you, frankly. I, that's I, what it feels like. Yeah, that's no, why no, I bring that's it up. Right. That's right. Yeah, it I'm feels like you. you're you're like you're kind of just letting me sit in it for a second, and you're <laughs> go, you're like waiting to officially say you're welcome because you just want me to have a little bit of insecurity about whether or not I'm actually welcome right. on the that's podcast. Right. Well, I, you know, I'm just like, all right, is 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 he still worth it? You know, I mean, I think that's the, the question we have to ask ourselves. Every <laughs> oh, time. Too, we're all wondering that. I mean, that's uh, I, I don't blame you for wondering that and for potentially coming to the conclusion that the answer is no. No, I don't think anything that we do is worth it. I, I think that goes without saying. All right. Mm-hmm. So so we are doing this. This is actually a you know what? They're all special. Of course they are. Uh, <laughs> but we are doing a very special podcast uh, because. We have an announcement. We have an actual, yeah. an, I mean, like an actual announcement. This is ridiculous. Maybe, maybe for the first time in, in uh, the 18 <laughs> years we've been doing this, we have an announcement. <laughs> I don't think we've had an announcement this big since the first time we banned Alan Sepinwall. I think that yeah, was the right. last time that we had an announcement this big. Well, before we before we make the announcement, just to build some suspense and tension, let's try to remember what previous announcements <laughs> might have been. So, we the banning of Alan Sapinwall, obviously that was a huge. big one. That was huge. That was you, it was it was big. You announced, I think on the podcast that you were moving to the Athletic. I from, think that's right. From that's, NBC. I that's think that right. was how that news got out. Uh, what how, what else could we even possibly have announced? Well, we um, oh we have we've had announcements of like new music. We have new music for this segment or something like that's that. That's right. right. We we've had those announcements. Have you you've announced some television stuff? I don't think it's like you didn't break it on here. I guess maybe that's what an announcement is. But right. But we're you know our, let's face it. If they're listening to this, they're not listening to anything else. So uh, so we're well, they don't know. have they don't have time to because this pod <laughs> this podcast is regularly runs into the double digit hours per week. Yeah, I think that other... Well, I mean, look, it was here that we announced that Brandon McCarthy's dream was to be a power washer. I mean, that was... That was That's huge. <laughs> that was That's huge. a big one. That's yes. probably our biggest announcement to date. To date, is that, yeah. Is the realization, the revelation, let's call it, <laughs> that m- former Major League pitcher Brandon McCarthy's greatest dream in life was to be right. a professional power washer. That's right. That's right. That was huge. I forgot about that. Yeah. That that's even after we announce what we're about to announce, that will still be number one. I think it's still going to be number one. Yeah. yeah. I think that's. I think it's number one, and and it's like the, nothing can. How, what could be bigger than that? I don't frankly? know. I mean, one of us is running for president. Like, what could possibly beat? <laughs> what could possibly beat that? I think that'll hold on to the number one slot probably, even if we go another thirty years on this thing. What about uh, Jason Kander's 
OPS. Like the, we've announced that on here. <laughs> we have in his in his uh, over forty hardball wooden bat baseball. That's league. right. That's right. Yeah. In his over forty wooden bat baseball league. <laughs> yes, we did. He, announce we announced what his uh, his OPS is in his league. Yeah, I guess that that's lower on the list. It's lower on the say. list, but it's the only place you can get that kind of information. That's true. If yes. you want, if that is something that interests you. The only place to get that news was on that podcast. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. We, we, uh, right. There, there will be no surprise visits today uh, from from uh, Jason Cantor. So we're not going to be able to. I don't even know what it is. And I'm curious. I want to know where it is. Do you think it's still over a thousand? I'm going to say that he's cooled off. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. Like we, we'll, we'll get some info from him after this post. And, but I'm going to say, look, it's really hard. How many guys in the majors have an OPS over a thousand right That's now? I right. think it's two or three, right? That's it's right. Like That's right. Soto and um, maybe Bryce Harper is up over a thousand at this point. There's like there's literally only two or three. I posted this the other day, by the way. There are we are on pace to have a essentially a modern day record low number of three hundred hitters. It's in crazy. Leagues. It really is there, crazy. You go if you go back twenty years, you regularly had between call it thirty five and forty five guys who hit right. three hundred. I believe there are currently 12 or maybe 13 300 yeah. hitters in the entire well, major. It's, so it's, I mean that's what you get when your whole, you know, when the league batting average is is, is nothing, you know? I mean yeah. it's, it's it's really uh it's really stunning. So uh yeah, so I'm I'm going to guess you're right. I'm going to guess that uh that Jason's OPS is down, but you know, uh he'll let us know. Here's, here's, no, he will, the, I have no doubt in my mind that as soon as this posts he will let us know. Like there, within he, within he will, thirty seconds of it of this yes. posting, you and I will get a text and it will say like, "Hey, I was three for four yesterday with two doubles, and my OPS is one point oh oh nine or whatever." That's right. No, no, and and he'll tweet it, and he'll uh, he'll definitely let everybody know. So, uh, but we have an announcement. It's not as big as as maybe a couple of these others, but it's it's still pretty big for us. It's it big. Is, it is pretty big. Yeah. And it is about the future of this very podcast. <laughs> so, do you want to make the you want to make the official announcement? Uh, no, I think I want you to make the official announcement. All right, starting sometime soon. The actual date TBD. It's TBD, uh, but but we think it's going to be real soon. We we might yes, have something really exciting to go with. We're it. we're hoping that we're talking like in the two to three week range here. Yes. Yes. Uh, the podcast with Joe Posnanski with special uh, permanent guest Michael Shore <laughs> will be joining the team at Meadowlark Media. So oh, very applause, exciting. applause. So Meadowlark it Media, is. for it's... those of you who don't know, is uh, the company Dan Lebetard and friends started when they left ESPN. Uh, it's a it's a really cool company. Uh, John Skipper is, a, is the sort of head of it, and it involves podcasts and future projects in different arenas and Hank Azaria does his Brockmeyer podcast there, and there's all sorts of really cool, talented people making a lot of cool stuff there. And I, uh, full disclosure, uh, am on some kind of uh, board of advisors or something. <laughs> no one know. really knows. Don't they don't, know, they don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Uh, for Meadowlark Media, and so when Joe was planning on leaving The Athletic, we sort of thought, like, well, we could just put this podcast on his Substack, like we've been doing. We could find another company to uh, to host it or something but meadowlark being a uh cool company um they reached out and sort of said like well why don't you do it with us as part of our network so it will still be available wherever you get podcasts yes. um especially through the leopard and friends sort of hub 
Um, but there's also a second level of cool announcement, which goes to what we're going to do with a, a potential uh, amount of money that we make from doing the podcast. So why don't you take over and explain that? Yeah, no, the gold mine that is the podcast. I mean, let's <laughs> look, look, the bidding war was just, it was ridiculous, really. At some point. Just to give you some sense what we're talking about here, <laughs> last year in revenue, the podcast cleared $1.1 billion. That's right, $1.1 billion. Now, Obviously, that's, that's not B. that's not profit. That's just gross revenue. That's right. So, that's like right. you know, that's blah right. blah 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 blah. Just you know, you got to adjust <laughs> a little bit. But we are we hit the billion mark for the first time last year. We were very happy. We we're valued at one of the three hundred uh, top companies in the world. That's right. It's, that's right. It's right right above us. I think is John Deere tractors. I, that's and, right. And, right. And right. And maybe right below us is uh, IKEA. So yes. we're between IKEA and John Deere in terms of revenue. <laughs> And uh, but so so listen, obviously, you know, we're we're captaining this multi-billion dollar ship. We're set for life. We oh, don't yeah. need the dough. Oh, no. And so no, we got her, we got, <laughs> So we got around to thinking, well, what could we do with the money we make? And that's what led us to this conclusion. Yes. Yeah, so we are. So. So here's here's what we are going to do. Uh, we think it's really cool. All of our uh, proceeds, anything that we, anything that Metal Arc would be dumb enough to pay us to do this, uh, we are going to be giving to charity, and not just giving to charity. We are going to name a charity every month uh, that we are going to be donating um, uh, what we make on it, and uh, hopefully we can get some of you to join in with us, and uh, we can raise a little money. This this podcast has done no good for the world. It has done <laughs> well, No, it's beyond that. It has actively harmed the world. Let's face it. This is about us trying to dig ourselves out of a moral hole that we have dug over the last decade in terms of actually harming the world. And so we thought like, well, one way we can now try to atone for our horrible sins would be that if we took a little money and, and earmarked it for different charities every month and right. asked the thriving... Uh, uh, two million strong podcast <laughs> community to uh, to chip in. So we'll be choosing a different charity. We'll announce it when we do our first. We'll announce the first charity when we do our first podcast for Metal Arc, and we will. There will be a link on the page that you'll be able to go and maybe hopefully chip in some some dough if you have the opportunity and the means to do that. And then we'll give updates on how much we raised every month, and uh, and people can maybe submit their own ideas for charities. Definitely. And, definitely. And, I mean, that's, uh, this is going to really in, in all, in all as serious as this gets, this is really cool. We are really excited about this. I mean, we've, we've been doing this goofy thing for so long and, and we've been doing it for fun and, and, uh, and nothing else. And, and that's we're hoping we'll still do that, but well, fun, fun and extraordinary wealth for us. Those <laughs> well, are the two things we've got. Well, just, that's, just, just generational, yeah. generational life changing <laughs> wealth. We have also gotten out of this. And so now we, you're right. We want to give back. Yeah, we just want to give back. So it's going to be really cool. Um, you know, I, I guess we don't really know when this is going to launch. We've, we've got a plan, okay? And I don't know if I can even... I would like to give away a little of the plan just in case people would like to sort of take part in what in what we were hoping will be our launching uh, podcast. But we don't know if, if we're going to be able to pull it off, right? No, we, we, don't, we don't know if we're going to be able to pull it off. We have an idea for a special launch episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, that will be at a certain location, which we're not going to say yet, but a certain location. We've Can't done see. locations before. We went to Wrigley. 
those of you who uh, remember that uh, we had a good time at Wrigley Field with Nick Offerman. Um, we've uh, we uh, and we have a, an idea for where we are going to a certain location yes. that is undisclosed, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and we hope to record a podcast at that location and release it. This would be on or around October, call it tenth or so, right around there. And yes. and and if we can pull it off, we may even uh, be able to have some people come and be in the audience for oh. it, but we're not sure we can do that yet. So keep your eyes glued to Joe's Substack and Twitter, my Twitter at Ken Tremendous. Uh, and we will, if we can pull this off, we will make an announcement. And if you happen to be in the area where we are going to do this, perhaps you can come and, and, uh, and, and watch us do this nonsense. And also <laughs> perhaps Joe might be doing a book signing of the baseball 100, which is yes. about to be released. Yes. So there's a you. lot of stuff. A lot of stuff is happening Keep your eyes peeled. Keep keep your focus laser focused on Joe's Twitter, <laughs> my Twitter, and uh, and Joe's Substack. And there will be more information, exciting information coming soon. And I know you do already. I know that pretty much what you do is live for our Twitter uh, feed and my Substack. So so nothing should change basically. But yeah, just keep doing what you were doing, which is ignoring all of your life responsibilities in favor of watching our Twitter feeds for information about this podcast. Exactly. I, I think that's the key. But honestly, this is, we're really excited. I mean, this, we, we are, we are, uh, we, we think honestly, you know, the, the, the giving these kinds of things, cause these, we're really hoping that this is going to be really cool. I mean, it's not, you know, obviously there are a million really cool charities, but we, we think that we can really focus this on some, on some places that uh, that we can maybe do a little bit of good. That'll be right. which is which is really cool. And uh, and being a part of Metal Arc, we're hoping that we might be able to add a few uh, a few little bits to this uh, to this nonsense. Actually, segments. <laughs> we're just looking for more segments. We might we add more a, segments. Yeah, we we'll might all. add some more segments. Um, by the way, and and you know, we're going to go on. We're going to talk a little baseball because uh, there there are emergencies happening around the game. There are several emergencies. There are several unfolding. emergencies yeah. happening. By the way, just I, I can tell you, I don't want to I don't want to give too much away because Mike and I haven't even talked about what we're going to talk about today. But uh, just stick around for the Juan Soto. That's all I'm going to say. Stick around for the Juan Soto talk because uh, we are going to uh, spend some time. Uh, breaking down the the absurdity that is Juan Soto, but that's right. But before we can do that, what in the world were they thinking in Metal Arc? Like seriously, like you, like you're on the board of advisors there. How did you not tell them not to do this? It was very awkward when <laughs> at, I we first like had a conversation with them about potentially coming on board, and then I took off that hat and put on my board of advisors <laughs> hat and advised them not to do this deal. Um, that was an awkward moment. But I look. In all seriousness, Metal Arc is a is an is a really cool company, and their their only guiding purpose is to sort of feed people's passions. It's really cool. It's like, are you an interesting person? Are you a creative person? Are you passionate about something? If so, maybe we can find a way that we can help you pursue your passion. Like whatever that happens to be within the world of broadcasting or sports or entertainment or whatever. So, you know, they have the company was formed around the Lebetard uh, and Friends podcast. The Dan Lebetard show is Stu Gatz, which I've been a fan of for a very long time. Wrote yes. a piece about for Slate a couple of years ago. So great. Um, and uh, it's but they also have more and more sort of the that's 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 the sun. And then they have more and more planets that are orbiting it. 
they have podcasts about movies. They have podcasts about um, local stuff in Miami. They have interview shows. They have all sorts of stuff, and they have really ambitious plans for more and more and more and more content, and not just in the podcast arena, but in other arenas too. So it just felt like, well, we all we really want to do, Joe and I, is ramble into a microphone <laughs> roughly once a week about sports, fruit, the Cleveland Browns, and whatever else happens to occur to us on the day that we do that. And we are weirdly passionate about rambling about those things. And so it was actually weird. In some way, it was a perfect fit to just join up with them. They're going to host our podcast. They're going to license it from us and make it available. Hopefully, they have fans there of other shows that can cross over to our show and vice versa. And uh, and we'll and we'll see what happens. We'll ramble for a year and then uh, and then they'll probably, you know, fire us in shame. I would hope. And- <laughs> I would hope. I mean, see, if they're if they're a company worth their salt, then they're they're going to. Maybe it's- you know what this is? Maybe this is like a like a litmus test in some way where like they're doing this to to then if they come to their senses and and get rid of us, then it's like their stock soars because it's like, okay, these are smart people. You know what I mean? It's almost like a, it's a shibboleth. It's yeah. Some kind of like, do we, is this a, is this a, uh, how do we handle this kind of inanity <laughs> as a corporation? And if they do it, if they handle it well, then their investors will say like, okay, good. These guys know what they're doing. They're, they, they've, uh, they've got it figured out. And if they don't, then it, they cut bait and they just disappear and pull their funding. Right. And it, yeah, it, it reveals that, uh, you know, it also could be, I had not thought of this before. It also could be the producers. It could be a, the producer scam, right? Like that's, yeah. that might be what's behind this whole thing. I don't know how they're, how they're using it as a producer scam because I'm not smart enough to understand things. It, it occurred to me today that I literally know exactly as little about uh, Bitcoin and that kind of thing now, as I did when those things first started. <laughs> I was wa- I was reading the New York Times today. They, they had a story about I guess there's a new version of it it's called Stablecoin or something. And I was reading it, and it was just like at, at some point something about this whole this whole currency, cryptocurrency, should have like I should have it should have gone into my head, and I should have been like, oh okay, I. I don't even know what it is. I still have no earthly idea what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm w- I'm with you and uh I just every time I see an article about Bitcoin, I do what like 3-year-olds do, which is like <laughs> close my eyes and pretend that it doesn't exist. That's the o- it's the only way to respond to it. I just yeah. I don't I, I know there are people getting like super rich on it cuz they're the only ones that understand what it is, but It really struck me. I probably should have saved that for my one less meaningless thing. But it really struck me as I was reading the New York Times story today. I'm like, I don't understand any of this. Like, I don't I still I I wanted to ask like the like the question, like, what is this again? Like, how how does it is this money? Is it not? I, I don't I have no idea. I have no idea. It's imaginary computer robot money that lives in the internet. And there are like there are like countries now. Like I think Ecuador is like, we now accept Bitcoin for your taxes or whatever. And it's like, well, how is this what are we doing here? And look, there is a, there's absolutely the possibility that ten years from now we're like, Well, you know, it turns out all the Bitcoin oh, people were yeah. right. Like oh, yeah. I it's I'm not saying it's fake or whatever. No. I, I I I'm just saying that like right now at this moment. Yeah, imaginary computer robot money that lives in the internet is a very difficult idea for anyone over the age of like 36 to wrap his or her head around. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's, it's like it's like my parents, you know, that old 
that old, uh, you know, cliche that uh, that like 10,000 1980s comics did about about, uh, you know, old people not being able to set the VCR like yeah, that. Yeah, that's 100 exa- percent. That's what it is. It is absolutely the blinking 12 o'clock VCR. Joke yes. That we made about our parents when we were kids that they they, they didn't know how to do it. That is 100 percent what it is, except now it appears to be headed toward being the basis of the world economy <laughs> instead of just the thing that you use to watch like a bootleg video of an, of an episode of David Letterman that you taped because your mom wouldn't let you stay up until 1230. Like that's, that's the difference. That's a fundamental difference. A, it, is a, it is a small difference. Yeah, yeah. It's a small difference that we will soon be starving on the streets, holding dollar bills, uh, which is the only thing that we know. And, and, uh, and that's a lot different than not being able to, uh, and to like record, be- begging, uh, begging, yeah. like a, yeah, we'll be, we'll be waving paper money around and, and begging <laughs> a, like a, a, one of those, like, um, those scary dog robots that that Boston dynamics company keeps releasing. We'll be like begging one of those dog robots to get us some Bitcoin. We don't, even, we won't even know what we mean. Just can you, are you, you look like a robot. Can you fight? Can you get me some money so I can get food? That's what will be happening and to everyone gonna, over the age of 35. And they're going to give us actual coins and go, that's Bitcoin. And we're going to believe them because 100%. we don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We will absolutely believe them. And then we'll walk into a, a to like a subway and we'll be like, uh, can I have a sandwich? Yeah, I, a robot dog gave me some Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, oh, by the end of this, uh, Meadowlark will uh, have, have withdrawn the offer. I, I think that's, uh, that's... I mean, that's the goal. That's the idea. Right? <laughs> Let's talk about Juan Soto. Juan Soto, my goodness. All right, so here we go. Juan Soto this year uh, is is having an unbelievable year. And nobody cares. Nobody knows because nobody cares about the Nationals and they're terrible and... And not they're they're terrible in like the worst possible way, right? Like they're they're a good team for a decade that is now terrible and sold off everything that they have and has no future, right? Other than yeah. Juan Soto, and, and so a that's bad, and a bad minor league system, bad right? minor league system, and and an owner that doesn't want to spend money. I mean, they're just. If you're a Nationals fan, just seriously, just keep watching 2019 highlights because you need to just go into a cave for the next few years because it's going to be terrible. Go to but, sleep and wake up in like 2028 and then right, you'll have a right. chance of, right, yeah. Although you will, at, at 2028, you're going to look around and go, where's Juan Soto? And he's, he's going to be gone because I, I no, don't think they're going to sign be, him. He'll be, in um, the, he'll be playing for the Yankees. They'll be hitting home right, runs exactly. deep into the right field stands in New York. <laughs> oh, yeah, he'll be, he'll, be, he'll, he'll be playing. He just won't be playing for the Nationals. Yeah. All right, so here's Juan Soto's uh, line for the year. 321 batting average, 466 on base percentage, 544 slugging percentage, 27 homers, 90 RBIs, 104 runs scored. And that's great. I mean, he's having like, clearly you could see those numbers and you can say, okay, the guy's having a great year. He's a great player. We all know that. Okay, so so that's that's your basis. But here's the thing. For like the last three months of the year, so so far, you know, three months, probably since the end of uh, May or the end of June, right around there, the last three months or so, this guy's like on a level like we have not seen before. He's be, he's Ted Williams. He's Ted he's, Williams. He's yeah. Ted Williams in a time where you are not, you cannot be Ted Williams. Like Correct. there's there are too many good pitchers for anybody to be Ted Williams. It's it's absolutely staggering. I, you and I both have uh, different versions of this stat. Uh, so I don't know if you want to use your version or my version of this stat, but basically my version is this. So since July 1st, so it's actually the last two months. So the last 70, 
I'm going to give you the up-to-date thing. The last 71 games he started, the last 73 games he played, which, by the way, during this time, the Nationals are 23-50, and 50, just to give you an idea how terrible right. that team is. He's the only hitter in the lineup who means anything. Literally the only hitter in the lineup. All right, yep. since that time, he's hitting 362 with a 525 on-base percentage and a 647 slugging percentage, which is absurd, right? It's absurdly great. Again, you can look at those numbers. Here's the one. In those 73 games, he has walked 82 times, which is Barry Bonds, right? I mean, that's, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that is, that is 180, 190 walk pace for the season. Right. He struck out 39 times. <laughs> 39 times. The guy has literally twice as many walks over these games as he has strikeouts in an era where that is absolutely impossible. I, I'm... I don't even know what to say. The guy is—it's—it's it's like it's—it's it's like he went to the mountaintop or something. What he—he he had what an absurdity. A, so he had a crummy May. That's right. He had a seven thirty-two OPS in May. A lot of ground and balls, a, right? A lot that, of ground was, balls, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, he, his walks to strikeouts was basically one to one, so it wasn't standing is, out. Yeah, which, which is, is still good, but it's still it really wasn't good. But yeah, right. But he, yeah, he was he was twenty-two for eighty-seven in May. His slash stats were two fifty-three, three eighty-seven, three forty-five. So he's still getting on base thirty-nine percent of the time, but. But 732 OPS, and everyone was like, all right, I don't have to pay attention to Juan Soto anymore. Yes, I can right. forget about Juan Soto because the team stinks, and he's not going to do anything special. Just to break this down a little bit more, in September, the month we are currently in, there is there are still – he probably has, still has four or five games in September. Here are his slash stats for September. He's hitting 451. <laughs> his on-base <laughs> percentage is 592. His yeah. slugging percentage is 746. His OPS is 1.338. He has walked 25 times and struck out six. Six. struck out six Six. times. That's right. In the month of September. (laughs) He is 32 for 71 with four doubles, a triple, five homers, and 19 RBI. 25 walks, six Six. strikeouts. He has been intentionally walked more times than he has struck out this month. This is a kind it's it's hard it, like like you're saying this is the thing about this guy right these are these are absurd stats they're the kinds of absurd stats that great hitters can put up over the course of a month from time to time Mike Trout has had months like this and David Ortiz has had months like this sure and, sure and well, Jason Giambi probably had a couple oh, of months yeah. like Albert this Oh yeah Albert Pujols sure of course sure but not anymore <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore. These right. guys do not have months where they walk four times more than they strike out. That is not a part of Major League Baseball, especially when the guy you're talking about isn't, you know, um, isn't like Wade Boggs right. or something. That's where right. it's like a guy who's like a singles-doubles hitter who has a great eye and walks a lot. But a guy who mashes 450-foot home runs regularly, who swings from his heels, who is a a premier power hitter in the game. None of those guys no. in a month recently in the last five years walk four times as much no. as they strike out. None no. of them do. It's no. why it's why. So he had this crummy May in June. He had a nine twenty two OPS big whoop July. <laughs> it goes to one point one seven six in August. It's over a thousand September. It's one three three eight. And suddenly you look up and this guy, it's not just a 300, 400, 500 hitter. He is the kind of 300, 400, 500 hitter where he is significantly above 
300, 400, and 500. Yes, it's that's three, right. It's 321, 466, 554 for the year now after that really, really crummy month of a 720 OPS. And here's the here's the last thing I'll bring up about him. He's 22 gall dang years old. A, he does not turn 23 until after long after his team will have been uh, eliminated from postseason play <laughs> and here so he's 20 he's about to enter his age 23 season he came up at 18 or 19 or whatever it was here are his 162 game averages for the first four years of his life remembering of course that last year there were only 50 games or whatever because of COVID. right his 162 game averages 118 runs scored 171 hits 32 doubles 34 homers 110 rbi <sighs> 128 walks and yeah. 122 strikeouts. That's right. He walks more than he strikes out. And he's for his career. He, for his career, he's 303, 431, 553. That's a 984 OPS, a 160 OPS plus. He averages in 162 games uh, 312 total bases <laughs> at the age of 22 years old. It is reasonable to suggest that Juan Soto has not yet hit his prime. That's right. That that what we look at as his prime will be numbers that are, call it 10 to 30% better than these numbers. That is mind-boggling. And the thing that we talked about in this text thread that was the other day, you, me, and Brandon McCarthy, power yes. wash, professional power wash, <laughs> dream dreamer Brandon McCarthy, is that while everyone has been talking about Mike Trout and occasionally Bryce Harper and occasionally whoever, Max Muncy and Mookie Betts and everything else. When all is said and done and we look back on this era, this is going to be a Djokovic, Federer, Nadal situation where That's Federer right. and Nadal got all the headlines and then suddenly you look up and Djokovic is better than both of them. And I believe if barring some catastrophe that when all is said and done and we look back on this era from call it 2010 to 2030 or something, the best player of all of these guys will have been Juan Soto. It's 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 really, you know. Here's the thing: these are numbers. If you're a fan of, of baseball history, which I hope you are, because I hope you buy the Baseball 100. And if you're not, to, why are why are you not listen? Why are you listening to this podcast? Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say. Then you should be elsewhere, right? I mean, Conan O'Brien's got a podcast for crying out loud. Yeah. Um. Very funny one. If you are a fan of baseball history. You've heard, you've seen numbers like this before, right? This is this is what Ted Williams did, right? Ted Williams would walk a million times and never strike out, right? Stan Musial would do these kinds of things. Uh, you go back further with Ruth. I mean, Ruth struck out more, but but you know walked a million times. Uh, you had guys back there, and like you know that that were you know your Nelly Foxes who would strike out. 12 times in a year or whatever. You had that year guys... that Yogi, Yogi Berra had 13 strikeouts That's right. in a year, right? Yeah. That's right. DiMaggio would have more homers than strikeouts. Like, that was a fairly common thing for DiMaggio. He actually almost did it for his career, but he, he had several years where he did it. So you saw this kind of thing, and that's why it's very difficult to explain that it's not human now. Like it was, it was incredible then. It was absolutely incredible what those guys did then. DiMaggio hitting more homers and strikeouts, even in the time when strikeouts were, you know, half what they are now, was still an incredible achievement. But to strike out as few times as this guy does now, and by the way, 
This has really come on lately. You mentioned that he's averaging 122 strikeouts per year. That's only because he struck out a lot his first two years. Yeah. These these last two years, and now these last few months, he doesn't strike out at all. It's like yeah. it's like it's like he completely took that out of his game. And to do it now, here's here's the best way to say it. I, I put this on my on my Substack so you can you can see the numbers if you want. Uh. Of in, since 2013, and and the reason I picked 2013 is is basically to cut out a couple of guys who uh, were at the end of their careers. So basically, it's like that. Um, since 2013, there is you know you, with more than more than a thousand I think plate appearances. I think what I had it. You know how many guys there are with a thousand plate appearances since 2013 who in their career have walked more than they've struck out. One. I know the answer, so I won't. Yeah, yeah. One. one. It's one. One. It's one. <laughs> it's one. It's Soto. one. It's one Soto. That's it. And nobody else is particularly close. And you, here's the thing: he was, I don't know. So the first year he struck out seventy, he, he walked seventy nine times and struck out ninety nine. So that's a, a negative twenty differential. The next year he walked one hundred and eight times and struck out one thirty two. Both, by the way, both those incredible for what he was. But that's a negative twenty four. So he was forty four strikeouts in the hole going into these last two years, and he's already passed it. I, it's it's absolutely mind-boggling what this guy is doing. I, I just I, I want to like fast-forward to his age 27 season oh and gosh. see what it looks right? like. I mean, it, right? it, is, uh, it is shocking to project forward what this yeah. guy will be. He's the league leader in war this year. He and Correa are tied, at least uh, yeah. BRF war. And... and He's at, he's basically at seven. He'll probably end up at seven point one or seven point two or something, which is obviously an elite elite level. MVP season. Yeah. MVP season. He's having an MVP season. If his team were any good, he would be one or two in the like he would be him or Tatis basically for right. the MVP in the National League. But imagine what like he is capable as very few guys are, even though he's not... I don't think he's particularly good defensively. I haven't actually no. looked at his defensive stats. He's He's fine, about right? average. Yeah, he's, he's average. about average, yeah. But even given that, he is one of the only guys who has the potential to hit that, like, 10-war season, right? He, you yeah. can imagine yeah. a year where he's at, like, where he gets into that Bonds level, where he gets into that, like, Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, like, the, the all-time seasons. Like, there aren't that many guys... You know, Vlad Guerrero, who is, you know, busted out this year, is second in war. He's 6.8. Yes. I don't know if Vlad Guerrero is ever going to get to that point. He might. He's got a chance. Maybe Tatis has a chance because if he has a great defensive year, that would help right. him. That would but help he also, Tatis. But he yeah. also gets injured all the time. Yeah. But yeah. none of these other guys, if you look at these other war leaders, like, Bryce Harper's not getting there. This is a this is Bryce Harper's. He's already year. had it. Well, Harper's he already had, had. He had his year, yeah. right? Yeah, he, he had, had his, his one ten, year. Ten war. He year, had his ten yeah. war year. But is he getting back there? I doubt it. Is is you know, is Bo Bichette gonna get there? Probably not. Like no. or Xander Bogarts and you know Mookie. Uh, Mookie is be- Mookie. Mookie had a year. Uh, he had was, a ten war year, right? He, he had, had a ten. The, I think he had yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And so like you look at the other guys like. The guy, in in terms of the future, it's it's Vlad Guerrero, it's Tatis, and it's Juan Soto. And if you had to make a bet, like if you'd had to put all of your money on one of those guys having a ten war season, you'd put it on Soto because he walks constantly. That's right. I think you're. I think the the Djokovic thing. You you came up with the Djokovic comparison. I think it's amazing. I I think. Look, I also want to separate. I think Trout is is his era, right? Like I don't. 
we don't know what we're going to get from Mike Trout going forward. We, you know, he, he, he got hurt can't this stay year. Healthy. Can't stay yeah. healthy. It's such can't a bummer. Stay, I know what a bummer this, we had a, a lot of bummer injuries this year, which was, which was terrible, but you know, Trout of course had the, t- you know, whatever it was, eight, nine, 10 year stretch where he was, you know, vividly, clearly the be- the best player in baseball. And so, you know, I think we're talking about this next generation. And I think this next generation of guys is Tatis, uh, Guerrero, Acuna, if he can stay healthy and 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 get back, um, there are some some younger players that are coming up that uh, that that are obviously exciting. Tampa uh, Bay has about twelve. They're all of them. on Tampa Bay. Yeah, I was yeah. Gonna say, they, <laughs> they've, got, they've got pretty much all of them. Um, and you know, I mean, look, Bobby Witt uh, Jr. is 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 uh, probably maybe as early as next year. I mean, they're boy, they're fired up about him in Kansas City as as they should be. So look, there are a lot of great players coming along, but I think your point is 100% right. We're not going to pay attention to Juan Soto because that team is not going to be any good, and right. it's gonna it's gonna be a bummer in the way that Trout has been a bummer in that sense. But it, but even worse because I think that team is going to be kind of like they're not even going to be even like so so. They're going to be bad. And they'll probably trade him. I mean, this this is the other thing I think is going to happen. At some point, they're going to realize we're not going to sign him, so they'll probably trade him, probably to the Yankees, and we're going to end up having to hate Juan Soto, and I don't want that. No, won't that be such a bummer? The, <laughs> the wild thing about the Nationals is their payroll is enormous this year. It because is. They're paying Strasburg 35. And they, That's right. They paid Scherzer 34. They got rid of him, obviously. But they're paying Patrick Corbin 25 yeah, Corbin, million. Between those two alone, it's $50 million. It's $50 million. It's yeah. more. Yeah, it's almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so Soto is Soto's deal is he this is his R1 year. So he's got he's but he's that super four. They 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 futzed around with his timing (laughs) so they have an extra year of team control but if you're the nationals and you get through next year and you know definitively that you're gonna stink for another couple years why why wouldn't you trade Juan Soto why wouldn't you say Juan Soto with two years of team control can you imagine oh the my value God, the at yeah, at yeah. age at age twenty three? <laughs> let's. How much could you get for twenty three year old Ted Williams? The answer is whatever you want. They right, could trade right. him to the Yankees for the Yankees' seven best prospects, and the Yankees would be happy to do the deal. So I don't see how he stays on this team more than next year. My guess would be he's traded either before the twenty twenty three season or you know, halfway through the 2023 season because there right. will still be that R4 year in 2024. And what a bummer. What a bummer. What a bummer, is. man. I mean, it's like I, I he's going to, you know where he's going to go. The only thing that would be more annoying, and this is a transition to our next topic maybe, is if he weren't traded to the uh, Yankees, but rather the Cardinals. That might be the <laughs> one that, <laughs> that might be the one that breaks me because the Cardinals are oh currently Here... the most annoying team in baseball. <laughs> Yeah, here, here we go. Here we go. All right, so here's the thing about the Cardinals. I wrote a little bit about this, too, and I heard already from some Cardinals fans who are upset. Obviously, they want uh, me to celebrate uh, too their bad, team. Too bad, Cardinals and- <laughs> fans. <laughs> here's the thing. They, they've... Uh, you know why they're annoying this year? Look, they're annoying every year because they're always good and and it's always a whole bunch of different guys. I actually put something about this. They're la- the last 10 years, they've had 10 different war leaders. Literally, the last 10 years, they've had 10 different guys who led the team in war. It and doesn't honestly, matter. And they're, and, and they're and always good. $50 to anyone who names even five of them who isn't a oh, Cardinals yeah. fan. Oh, yeah. Who isn't a Cardinals? No, Cardinals fans are excluded from this. 
There are three of them that I don't I, I don't think I'd ever heard of. So, um, but here's the thing about them. They were gone this year. That was the thing about them. It's like they got off to a terrible start and it was like, well, at least one thing, we're not going to have to worry about the Cardinals. No, it's, it, it's, it, don't ever say that. They're in so many ways, they're even more of, of the, you know, we always talk about the black magic of the Yankees, but in the Cardinals are just the National League version of that and maybe even a better version of that. You know, I mean, they've, they've won a World Series more recently than the, than the Yankees. They've been in the playoffs more than the Yankees in recent years. Uh, they're, and they're, they're, you know they're going to just wreck this season, this postseason. You know it. You just know they will. I, they, I, it, the Cardinals really are the Yankees of the National League. Like yeah. they've they've won the most uh, World Series titles of any National League team. They they win World Series when they don't, they're not even good. They won a World That's Series right. one year where they were four games over five hundred at the end yeah. of the year. Yeah. They, they 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 never collapse. They're never actually awful. This year is a little is a little more special though because on September seventh, which is so recently. It's crazy. <laughs> like I can probably, if I think hard, remember what I had for lunch on September. 7th. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's how that's recently right. it was. It's really they were, recent. They were sixty-nine and sixty-eight. Oh yeah, they were two point nine and sixty-eight. Two point eight percent. Two point eight percent playoff chance. Yeah. Two point eight. That's nothing. They're not going to make the playoffs. Then 2. they 8%. then they beat the Dodgers twice, which was annoying because I'm obviously pulling for the Dodgers to win their division, and it looks like they're not going to. Max Scherzer is currently getting knocked around by the Rockies. For God's sake, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. They want they beat the Dodgers twice at home. They lost to Cincinnati and went back to 71 and 69. So on September 10th, they were 71 and 69. They haven't lost since. They're now 82 That's right. and 69. They've won 11 games in a row. They've won. That's right. Six to four, two to nothing, seven to six in extras. They've won eleven to four and eight to two blowouts. They've won three to two and two to one one run games and eight to seven. They've won they won they beat they swept Milwaukee in Milwaukee while Milwaukee has actually something to play for. Or they at least won the first three. They're playing the fourth game as we speak. And the rest of the teams they play stink. They've got seven against Chicago, seven against the Cubs, four at home and three on the road. The Cubs stink. The Cubs have nothing to play for. And then they've got three at home against Milwaukee, and by that point, Milwaukee will have wrapped up the Central, and it won't matter. There's a weird chance that they win 18 games in a row in September. <laughs> like it's and, and like you, I thought like it, this is by the way also uh, coincides with the miserable collapse of the San Diego Padres, which oh. is one of the saddest stories of the entire oh year in gosh. baseball. Yes, and the Reds who were playing over their heads a little bit, and nobody really fun. bought them. It was super fun, but they fell apart. You you always thought the Reds were going to fall apart, but the Padres, man, <laughs> what are we doing? They might finish with a losing record. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I they they're not going to just fire uh, uh, Jace Tingler. They're going to uh, they're going to they're going like, to banish him. Yeah, they're, they're going to banish him, and then they're going to tear down his house. <laughs> And and because it's haunted, like what what happened? Give me an analysis. Tell me what happened with the San Diego Padres, because I need to understand. I need to understand the entire NL West uh, because I don't I don't understand anything about it. I don't understand the Padres. I sure don't understand the Giants. And I don't understand how the Dodgers are seven games below their expected win loss percentage when all seven of those games could be accounted for in extra innings games. That's right. It's actually very easy to understand. They do not know how to play with a zombie runner uh, in in extra innings because they are five and 13 or whatever it is in, in, uh, in those games. The, the, the Padres thing. Well, uh, let's just say it this way. The Padres still, even, even as they completely uh, fall apart, 
still have a much better uh, run differential than the Cardinals. Much yeah. better. The, you know, the, the Cardinals are barely... As of yesterday, zero. they were they were plus one, I think. As of yeah, yesterday. I think they won. Well, they won. I think there might be plus six, plus five, something like that. And the and the and the Padres are plus forty or plus whatever it was. And that's after being terrible for for a few weeks. So you know, there's there's clearly some sort of voodoo going on. They're losing close games and all that. But here's the thing that I don't get. Okay, that Cardinals team, and I and and look, we are saying this with the same sort of trepidation that we feel about the Yankees. I mean, it's, 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 it's sort of, it's sort of like fear, you know, more than anything else. Cause the, cause they always haunt our dreams, but that Cardinals team doesn't do anything. Well, they don't do any, they're, they, they don't score runs or like 11th in the league and run scored. They don't prevent runs or like eighth in the league in ERA. They're, they're not very good at any particular <laughs> thing, but they've got a lot of good players, but they're not very good at any particular thing. And yet there they are. And they're, they're going to, they're going to make the playoffs. It sure looks like they're, they're, they're in, in great shape uh, to not only make it, but to make it pretty convincingly. And then, you know, once the postseason comes along, they're just going to, you know, gonna, what's going to happen. Oh, you know, oh. what's going to happen. Listen, th- tell me how this doesn't happen. Okay. Right. The right. Dodgers finish a game behind the giants. In That's a right. year where their expected win loss will have been like a hundred and eleven or whatever, yeah. <laughs> so the Dodgers finish a game behind the Giants because the Giants are, have their own black magic and never lose. Right. The Cardinals obviously cruise to the to the to the wild card, right? Right. That's the second wild card. In the wild card game, Adam Wainwright, who I believe <laughs> I could be wrong. Yeah, give I me believe, this. I believe he just turned sixty-five years old. That's right. right. Well, I it was he was on the cover of uh, of um, uh, Senior Citizen magazine. He was right? on AARP magazine. AARP's cover, right? This in, week, yep. In the, yep. And so, and but he was also on the cover. You you get on the cover when you turn fifty, and you're eligible for the AARP. And I believe that was two thousand. <laughs> five so yeah he's 65 or 66 65 or 66 and, that's right and yep so adam wainwright uh pitches against scherzer and it's a 1-1 game uh, after nine innings and then the dodgers lose yet another extra inning game <laughs> on a base hit by a cardinal you've never heard of before like a, like a, a a ball a grounder to the right side that moves the guy to third and a single to left center by a guy right. you've never heard of before and you yeah will Lars Newtbar Lars Newtbar sure gets... let's get Lars Newtbar in there <laughs> and then in the bottom of the inning the Dodgers don't score and suddenly the the hundred and twelve win Dodgers are out of the playoffs <laughs> and the Cardinals go to Milwaukee or wherever they go they guess they would probably go to they would go to San San Francisco right they would go to the the uh, top team in the league and then after that nobody beats the Cardinals in the playoffs. It doesn't oh, yeah. happen. It just, they're going to cruise in well, but, but to it's... the world series against um, what I imagine will be either the Yankees or the, or the blue Jays. Uh, <laughs> and they will win. They'll win the world series. It's a foregone conclusion. Well, there's, and there's so much more to it because there always is with the Cardinals. This is, let's, let's take a moment. We, we have a Yankee minute on here. We don't really ever talk about this Cardinal thing. You know, the Cardinal thing goes so much deeper because of the, you know, the, the aura around Cardinals fans and, and all the other things, but here's, here's what's going to happen. All right. First of all, Max Scherzer is going to pitch against them. He's from St. Louis. 
Max Scherzer was born and raised in St. Louis. He's, he's sleeper agent. He's fan. a sleeper agent. He's, exactly. So he's going to feel like this unbelievable pressure facing the team that he grew. Even though, even though, let's be honest, Max Scherzer doesn't ever feel. He doesn't have emotions. I don't think he feels anything. Do. Yeah. No, no. But he's also there's no question Max Scherzer. You know, has has this this deep deep uh, feeling of emotion for Adam Wainwright because everybody does. Everybody loves Adam Wainwright, and they should because Adam Wainwright's a great guy. And so then he'll lose, but not only will they lose and the Dodgers will get knocked out and the Dodgers will be in like pain. Then there will be that shot of Max Scherzer going over to uh, Adam Wainwright, congratulating the man, right? Smiling and just like, you know, that's, that's awesome. Good for you, you know, and, and you go get him and, and that's what happened. That's where the, like, at least the Yankees have like a nation of people that hate them. But the Cardinals don't really have that. Like they have their this beloved, you know, they're they're so loved in their in their city. But then, like too many people across America see the the Cardinals as kind of harmless, and they're and they're wrong. Yeah, they're, they're just wrong about that. I guess what we're saying is more people should actively hate the Cardinals. That's right. right. That's yeah. right. And look, and the Cardinals should want that. They should deserve that. Look, you can't always win and and have people not hate you i don't know why you want that just one, this, this one of the it. most underreported stories i would say of the year is the year that nolan arenado has quietly <laughs> so quietly you don't you didn't know it was happening so quietly put together yeah at, uh, it, it like you again it's almost like soto it's a similar thing right you it's like you forgot about him. Right. And then you look up and suddenly he's he's not it's not the typical uh, like massive Nolan Arenado year, but the guy's got 33 homers. That's Did you right. know that Nolan Arenado had 33 homers? I'll no, bet you didn't and he's, know that. And he's, and he's still playing the great defense and he's still do I mean and here's the thing, that's I guess that's my point. If you're doing that in St. Louis, you should be like everybody should be talking I mean, like at least with Juan Soto you're playing on a bad team in a in sort of a weird baseball market i mean everybody knows the cardinals i it, i just it's so weird but but look that whole team is so weird you look at that team and it's all guys that are like you've never heard of or guys that you're like wait that that Paul Goldschmidt doesn't play for the Cardinals. Like yeah. everybody, everybody on that team is one or the other, right? Like they're all, they're all Tyler O'Neill or they're all guys that you're like, wait, I, or I you're like, Oh, well, and Yadi Molina. Yadi Molina's since, there. I guess yeah, it's since 1950. Is this, is this an old timers day? <laughs> Yadi Molina's on the field. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't Molina and, and Wainwright actually set the record for the oldest battery. Isn't that true? I think, think they did and they also are closing in on the record for mo- for most games most games but pitched yeah. and caught yeah. um here's a live update for you on the st louis cardinals who are going yeah. for i think their 12th straight win they're they're in milwaukee again facing the brewers who again have something to play for that's right and are an excellent team and are going to cruise into the playoffs they're 30 games over 500 that's right the brewers scored four runs in the first inning okay that's then, promising then they scored a run in the fourth inning they were up five nothing yeah what, it's the bottom of the seventh now. What what do you think the score is? Still five nothing. It's five five. The <laughs> Cardinals came back in the top of the seventh and scored four runs, and it's now five five. And the when I tell you how they scored those runs, uh, it is a perfect explanation of of how this team scores. Which is okay. Goal. Uh, so I'll I'll go. I'll I'll give you the whole inning. I'll give you the whole. Yeah, let, a let's hear it. We let's have all the time it. in the world. Yeah. Cardinals top seven. 
they're down uh, they're down five to one at this point because they had scored okay. a run a couple innings early. Yadi Molina strikes out swinging. One sure. Out. Sosa single to left. Do you know who Sosa is? Sammy. No, he's their <laughs> shortstop. Uh, Bader walks. So yeah, Sosa I do know Harrison, Harrison, Harrison Bader. Bader. I know Harrison you know Bader. Who? Yep, yep. Newt Bar walked. Oh, we love our Lars Newt Bar. Love our Lars Newt Bar. Edmund. Do you know who Edmund is? I don't. Sure, Ed- Jim Edmund. <laughs> <laughs> Rich Edmund, the former sure, catcher. Rich Edmund, the, of course. Rich, Rich G- Edmund. Edmund yeah. grounded into a fielder's choice and a run scores. Wait a minute. Is it Rich Edmund or Tommy Edmund? <laughs> <laughs> so now you have, it, there's two down. That's you right. have first and third on a, uh, a, a single, two walks, and a ground out. But you're like, hey, it's five to two. There's two down, whatever. Uh, Bader scores on a pickoff error by the pitcher. <laughs> okay. It's now 5-3. Sure. And then Paul Goldschmidt hits a two-run homer. And now it's 5-5, yeah. and suddenly the game is tied. And I and I literally guarantee you that the Cardinals win this game. Yeah. But, like, single, walk, walk, ground out, pickoff error. That's right. Home run. That's home how run. they score their runs. It's infuriating. Yeah. And if you watch, if you are a, a, a connoisseur of annoying baseball, the way I am and the way you are when you look at the way the Yankees score runs, the way the Cardinals score runs. This is a classic, a classic comeback inning, a classic comeback inning, single walk, walk, fielder's choice, pickoff (laughs) error, home run. That is just chef's kiss emoji for how annoying teams score their runs. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're destined. So uh, that doesn't explain why the Padres have fallen apart. And, and the answer I think to why the Padres have fallen apart is here's the thing. There's, we talk a lot about this, you know, we, you and I are both very, uh, you know, analytically based and we really are. And, and, you know, we, we try not to fall into these traps of, of, you know, where, where generally um, television uh, and, and newspaper and my own stuff, I'm sure. Uh, tends to go, which is, you know, momentum and, and nonsense and, and clutch hitting and whatever. But I got to tell you, man, that team has bad mojo. Just seriously. <laughs> I, I, I just, it's just bad mojo. They're, they're, I, they, they are one of those teams where they are, they have been in a stretch for about a month now where when the offense goes dead, they pitch fine and when the pitching goes dead they they uh they score some runs i mean they everything seems to nothing seems in sync and of course that's when you start you know blaming the manager and it's like it's the manager's fault or whatever that team is just you know there have been a lot of disappointments on that team too i mean obviously tatis is otherworldly he's just on a whole other level but he's missed a bunch of games with injuries uh machado has had a you know Good year, but but I don't know that you would you would call it a legendary. God, they're year. locked into that deal for so long. I know, oh, God. I know. That is just like a, it is like it, it. You know, I applauded that deal because he is a great. He's a great fielder. Yes, he is a great yes. hitter. And he, he, still is. Young. he still is. Yeah, he still yeah. is. But like, but now you look at that deal and you're like, oh man, that yeah, is so much money that? to pay yeah. for it for an 800 OPS. For the next thousand years, I, I mean. know. <laughs> and then you look at their pitchers, and you know Darvish just hasn't been as good as you wanted him to be. And 
Blake Snell has been, you know, he's hurt now, but he hasn't been as good as you wanted him to be. And yeah. I mean, their best pitcher is Joe Musgrove, which is, you know, which is Who, fine. Which looked, which looked like it was going to be fine for a long yeah. time. Like they, yeah. they, he was like on him. He threw a no hitter. He was, he was doing, going great. But uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. And recently there was the weird fight in the dugout between Tatis and Machado. Right. And, yes. you know, uh, I don't know, man. I don't, I mean, you know, this, it, it's a it's a real bummer because they sure looked like they were the most exciting young team in the sport in for, the National League. In the for National sure. League, yeah. and, and then suddenly you look up and the, the, I j- I just looked this up since the All Star break. They've had five stretches where they lost at least four in a row. Five, yeah. like that's not like good teams don't lose five in a row or not, four in a not, row five yeah. times yeah. since the yeah. middle of July, like in a stretch run. That's they, what I mean. It's just a bummer, man. It is oh, a man. bummer. It's, here's what's going to happen. Uh, they're going to, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're, they're all but eliminated now. And uh, they're going to fire Jace Tingler mm-hmm. and they're going to, and they're going to hire Tony LaRusso. That's really what's going to happen. <laughs> 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 so what about Tony LaRusso? All right. So, so obviously, uh, the, you know, the American league is, is, I, mean, I wouldn't say it's set. Obviously you wouldn't say it's set because, I know you were freaking out about this weekend series between the Red Sox and the Yankees. Um, but, you know, the White Sox are in, the Astros are in, the Rays are in. Um, Boston is right now uh, leading the wild card. And uh, right now it would be a Yankees-Red Sox uh, wild card game at Fenway Park, which yeah, I know, which you don't want. You want no part of that. Nope. I know. Um, but, I mean... Who is, I mean, the the Rays are the best team, right? I mean, it's, don't you think, I mean, if you're looking at who's the best team in the, in, in the American league, it's gotta be the Rays, doesn't it? No, I think it's the Blue Jays. Really? I really really do. I think it's the Blue Jays. I think if the Blue Jays make the playoffs, they're going to win the world series. Ooh, that's the world series. I, I, I've been, I started this a long time ago. You can go back. If you're really bored, go search on my Twitter for Blue Jays. And you you'll love see, that Blue Jays thing, I've yeah? been tweeting about them for a month now because their run differential suggested that they were so much better than yes. the way they were playing. And they went th- they had these weird things where like they didn't get Springer until the middle of the year and they were just a little out of sync for a while. And they played in. Remember, they played in three different That's stadiums. Crazy. This year. Yeah. They yeah. had no home. They were an itinerant baseball team. And I kept thinking. Why isn't this team breaking out? And then suddenly they put it all together and they scored 15 runs a night and they started <laughs> blowing people out of the water. And it really uh, is to me is like the, is the best team top to bottom. I think they're better than the Rays top to bottom in terms of pitching bullpen. Every, they have a great closer. Romano's great. They have Robbie Ray who is is as good a number one as anybody. He, as he might win the Cy Young. He might I mean, win the Cy Young. He's, he's, he's better than any of the Rays number pitchers. He's better than any of the Red Sox and Yankees pitchers, except maybe Cole, but probably even Cole. So if he, like a one-game playoff with Robbie Ray and that lineup, I take the I take the Blue Jays, and as soon as the Blue Jays are in, I take the Blue Jays over basically everybody else. I take the Blue Jays certainly over the White Sox. I take the Blue Jays over anybody in the AL West, including the Astros. I take the Blue Jays over the Yankees, the Red Sox. I, I, you heard it here, man. I, I think that team is gonna if they can make it in, and they might not because it right. took them so long for them to click. But I think if that team makes the makes even the wild card playoff game, I think they they could easily just go on a crazy run. Also, by the way, 
Uh, the Cardinals are now up seven to five. That's how quickly it happened. They scored, of course they are. <laughs> scored of two more are. runs. Arenado walked. <laughs> someone named Dylan Carlson, who I don't think is real, uh, singled. <laughs> there was a passed ball allowing Arenado to score, and now Yadier sure. Molina uh, just somehow swung his sixty-five-year-old <laughs> hips into a sack fly. It's seven to five. There's no way they lose this game. And by the way, someone on Colorado just hit a two-run dong off. Scherzer and it's five to three in the fifth inning and the Dodgers are going to lose again what is happening Joe this is insane it is pure insanity pure insanity all right you know what we're going to wrap this up because uh because we are because we're we we got to prepare for the new gig for the new professional we got to be professionals now (laughs) because we there's pressure on us to perform too much pressure. Maybe we should just back off of this because we don't want that pressure. We don't need that. <laughs> no, we really don't. <laughs> Can I also say one last thing uh, before we do one last thing? One last meaningless thing. Yes. The other sad stories in the majors this year besides the Padres to me are uh, the Oakland A's. Is yes. a sad story. And Very and you sad. can't, they're not nearly as sad because you didn't have the same expectations for them. No. That you no. did for the Padres. But I, 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 Seeing the A's compete for a long time with a bunch of no names and then fade uh, in the in the fall is always kind of a sad. It's like a sad annual tradition now. <laughs> uh, and then um, the last sad story to me, even though they're probably going to make the playoffs, is the Atlanta Braves because yeah. I just are, I'm like they they're just not. I mean, obviously, like they killed by injuries, right? Like yes. just just killed, they're, they're absolutely killed. Yeah. And and yeah. so you 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 can't really fault them. They've lost so many games of to well, so they many lost good players. Just they, that's what I mean. That's the yeah, main thing. Yeah. Just Acuna not having Acuna around is just a bummer. Um, but I I I don't feel like they're gonna make that much of a ripple in the playoffs. It feels like they're they're gonna lose in the first round to whoever they have to play, and then it's just gonna be like, ugh, the Braves. They make the playoffs and then they lose and then yeah. it just yeah. feel it's just like a it's like a sad a kind of a like sad depressed weight on my shoulders <laughs> that the Braves do this every year. Yeah, I mean, you know that team really didn't play well this year and and even before Acuna got hurt. In fact, they really kind of picked it up after Acuna yeah. got hurt and yeah. and it was it's very. It's very strange. I'll tell you one thing about about the Braves that we just need to say. Because on this podcast, we like to highlight players like Juan Soto who are not getting nearly as much love. And, of course, that's why Joey Votto has been a favorite. Man, every year Freddie Freeman is doing this now. That's Every year, man. Every year. Yeah, every year. And it's never like – well, I mean, I wouldn't say never because he won the MVP in whatever you want to call last season. But – it's never like oh he slugged seven hundred or six hundred or or had you know it's always just it's like this year three hundred four three ninety three five nineteen thirty one homers leads the league in runs leads the league in total bases just solid as they come just yeah. solid and, as they and come. crazily that those contract negotiations publicly broke down a while back he's a That's free right. agent he is a free agent at the end yeah. of this year i mean that is crazy that they haven't locked him up like the idea that freddie freeman i mean he's not super young he's not you know so no, he's, he's gonna be 32 next year yeah, and, but, and but he spent his whole career in atlanta too he spent his whole career in atlanta whole but you, career. Know, you know who sure could use a, a first baseman the boston red sox and you know who are <laughs> you know who are who are going to clear about 60 million dollars in dead cap space 
off yeah. of get, going to not like terrible players this year in the offseason, the Boston Red Sox. Like if you're the Boston Red Sox, how do you not offer him 120 million for four years and say, hey, come play first base for us? Like, I mean, I, I don't know, man. The Braves' financials are very weird. I don't understand what that team is doing, but they have they have Acuna coming back. Ozzy Albies, you might remember, is also on the team. He has 30 homers this year. He plays <laughs> second base. He's got 30 homers. And he, 30 and, homers, yeah. And he's 24. Like, they right. have they have the the uh, the core of an otherworldly lineup. But if Freddie Freeman isn't in that lineup, suddenly suddenly they're like the Padres. They're like a, t- a slightly over 500 team with a couple big stars on it. And I don't know. They got to get their stuff together, man. I don't I know, think what, that's I don't know right. what they're doing. But I will say this about them. I mean, you talk about their lineup. It's, it's true. Um, Freddie Freeman has 31 home runs and is doing Freddie Freeman stuff. Ozzy Albies, uh, 24 years old, 256. Uh, but uh, not just 30 homers, 17 stolen bases and 20 tries, uh, 100 RBIs, all that. Dans, uh, Dansby Sponson is not having a very good year for him, but still has 26 home runs. And then Austin Riley. Yeah is having like a superstar season. Austin Riley, 24 years old, hitting 300, 31 homers, 30 doubles, uh, 84 runs, 94, uh, 95 RBIs, slugging 530. Man, I don't know that lineup. Who knows that that team could make noise in the playoffs. I mean, I mean, if they had a Cunha on paper, on paper, you look at them and you're like, this is a great team. They just haven't quite kind of put it all together. No, Uh, partly because, you know, who is their best pitcher? Is it Charlie Morton? Is it, Ian Anderson, it's, like uh, it's I'm kind of Charlie Morton, yeah. Yeah, so like, well, Max Fried has been, you know, not as good as uh, as as he's been good. He's he's been fine. You know, look, I'm okay throwing out there uh, uh, Morton and Freed on one two. That's not bad. Yeah, that's and, not and, terrible. And in Noah's, you know, pretty you know interesting, and and uh, uh, Ian Anderson is is. You know, they sh- I, that's this is what I mean, though. They should be better. They, they're 80 and 70. It they feels should like be they better. should they're be 100% better, right. even despite right. all the injuries. But it is wild that Riley's 24, Albies is 24, Acuna's whatever he is, 22. Like these guys are so young. They're yes. so young and so yes. good. And like if they can just manage to keep that core together, it's like that uh, you have to you have to believe they've got a bright future. But, you know, if, if Freeman disappears and then you know another injury to Acuna or, well, or whatever and suddenly injuries, it all yeah. just falls apart you're right you're right all right time for one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing it's one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing we talk about sports and we draft things we know like how beaches are terrible places to go no hot fruit for Michael, no Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast whoa, it's one last whoa, meaningless thing. And uh, I'll let you go first. Um, we're all familiar with the uh, beeping, the annoying beeping of the smoke alarm when the battery is low that's right one of the most one of modern life's most effective irritants (laughs) i think it's just nothing because it's like a beep every like four minutes and you have to to walk room to room and stand in the room and no it's not this room and whatever and then it's always a nine volt battery and you don't have any nine (laughs) volt batteries you have to go to cvs and get a nine volt battery like that that's a classic but i have a new one 
Oh, boy. Which is I heard a beep in my house yesterday I've never heard before. It wasn't like a, you know, the bat, the, 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 uh, the smoke alarm battery low is a kind of like beep, right? Yeah. It's just it's like that a, it's like a, simple. Yes. So this time I hear, I hear this. I hear boop, 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 boop. <laughs> and then like, what the hell is that? And then like two minutes later, boop, 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 boop. I can't tell where it's coming from. I go room to room. I go outside. Is it my sure. neighbor's house? Like, I don't, I just don't, I cannot locate it. I eventually realize we put in this uh, new alarm system for our house. We had an old kind of crummy rundown alarm system from like the early 2000s, <laughs> and we sort of updated it. And now what it was telling me is that one of the sensors in one of the, uh, one of the batteries, one of the sensors was low, right? Oh, come on. So, okay, fine. So I go and I take the, I just unclick the sensor from this door in my house, and I open it up, and in the back... It's one of the. It's not a nine volt battery. It's one of those like flat watch oh. watch batteries. Yeah, you the, know, the like watch those, batteries, the little round ones. Little yeah. round like disc. It's like a little disc, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I definitely don't have this anywhere in my house. So I look at the number. It's a a, a CR two o seven six whatever, and I go on and I get absolutely lost in a rabbit hole of the number of different sizes and <laughs> kinds of small disc batteries that exist on earth there are that's right 10,000 varietals <laughs> of these batteries like for for i would imagine exactly these kinds of things right sensors and watches and like and just little t- little like sort of th- th- slim electric devices and you know look i've bought some of these before and actually when i looked in my in my junk drawer my battery drawer I had a number of other ones I, that I think I, I had like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of a slightly different disc sized battery that I assume I had bought. I don't remember, but I assume I bought 10 years ago for the sure. old kind of sensors that I had and then never needed them. So I had hun- I have hundreds of these disc sized batteries I don't need and I don't have the one that I do need. And basically, this is just a plea to man to manufacturers everywhere. <laughs> And, and this is a little bit because today I think the European Union is thinking of passing a law standardizing USB-C as the official like input uh, size and shape of all computers because they're right. they're sick of this too. Can we just make everything the same? Yes. Can we Come just on. standardize this stuff a little bit? And I understand that things are different sizes and things require different voltage. But there has got to be a way that we make one size, one thickness, one style of disc-sized battery that fits in 90% of all of the things that require disc batteries. There's just got to be a way to do that. And I'm literally begging you, please, manufacturers, figure this out. Get together. You know, sign some kind of treaty. Go to Yalta. Have a conference in Yalta if you need to, and and bring the heads of all of these companies together and just decide it's going to be the CR two o seven six. We're That's just right. going to standardize it, and then you will make you will improve the lives of people all over the world immeasurably if you can pull this off. Yeah. No. Look, it's it's. Here's the thing. Like back when there were only, you know. A, double A, triple A, whatever. Like those were the only ones that, that it's like, okay, um, you know, different size devices, whatever you, you, you need different kinds of batteries or whatever. And the nine volt was always an annoying one because it, you know, for, it's like, why, why, why do you need a battery that, that is square? Like, what is the reason? It's just stupid. 
Um, so all of that. But when we started going to these disc batteries, I mean, that was that was the end of the world. There was no reason to do that. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah. Just stop doing it. And by the way, I'm all for going back to the days where you had to wind your watch. I'm all for that. I'm fine with that. If that <laughs> and by the way, the watch my wife got me a watch for my fortieth birthday, which I really love. And it is not does not have a battery in it. It is powered by the motion of your arm. Yeah. You swing back and forth. And you can also manually wind it and it's the best. And I've never had to go to a jeweler and never had to get it replaced. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, also, by the way, second meaningless thing just to follow up is in the year twenty twenty five. The Padres will be paying Manny Machado thirty million dollars and Eric Ugh. and Eric Hosmer eighteen million dollars. Yeah, in twenty twenty five. By the way, which of those is worse? Uh, probably Hosmer. By that probably point, Hosmer. Yeah, I mean Hosmer. Yeah. Hosmer is what he's thirty one. <clears throat> he's thirty. He's th- almost thirty two. So we're talking about his eighteen million dollars in his age thirty five, thirty six season. Right. That's not right. going to be. That's that's not, not going to be good because it's not good now. So you know yeah. it's not going to be good in in twenty twenty. Scott Boris, man. Oh. Scott Boris knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great guy. Eric Hosmer, great guy. I'm happy that he got the money. Um. All right, my one last meaningless thing is, so uh, I don't know if we mentioned this on the show, uh, but I have a book coming out. Uh, what? And uh, it is coming out this Tuesday. I know. You've said nothing yeah. about this. Here's the thing. We have a show. You would think I would use that show. Why wouldn't you use the podcast I to know. advertise I, for your book? I know. It's ridiculous. It's 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 bad. I mean, look, you don't have a book. So, you you know, I understand why you I actually do. I actually it. do have a book coming out. Oh, come on. <laughs> But yours comes out first. Talk about yours. And we'll talk about mine in a few months. The 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 baseball 100 is coming out this Tuesday. Uh, it is 900 pages of uh, of baseball uh, where I count down the 100 greatest baseball players ever, and uh, and uh, it's uh, it's it's going really well. I'm I'm very very excited about it coming out. I'm very excited about people uh, reading it and seeing it. Uh, the pre-sell has been uh, off the charts, which has been wonderful. Which leads me to my meaningless thing. So I. I'm actually flying to Kansas City uh, before I'm having an event next week. If you're in the Kansas City area, and and if you are, why are you listening to this? Um, uh, so if you are in the Kansas City area next Wednesday, so it would be uh, the September 29th, 7 o'clock, I am doing an event uh, at the Unity Temple on the plaza there, uh, right there in the plaza, uh, with Bill James. How about this? Whoa. Bill James. How about that? How about that? That's super cool. So me and Bill... Uh, are going to be uh, uh, talking balls. So it's going to be super duper fun. If you want to come out, you all you have to do is go to Rainy Day Books and purchase a book. That's it. There's no ticket price. You you buy the book and you you get in. So uh, would love to would love to see you out there. Um, but here's the thing. I got to go early to Kansas City. The event is Wednesday. I'm actually leaving much earlier than that uh, because I've got I, I. Some people may be aware of this. I did a special deal where I told people. Uh, if they pre-ordered the book through Rainy Day Books there in Kansas City, I would not only sign the book, but I would write in it anything I wanted, uh, anything they wanted, right. rather. <laughs> and uh, and thousands of you chose to do that. Thousands, literally thousands of you. I, I don't I don't even know what to say. So I have to go and sign thousands of books uh, in in Kansas City. So I'm going to have to leave early. They, they truly believe it's going to take me three days to, to do this. That's, that is what they have uh, estimated there in Kansas City, that it will take me three days uh, to sign all the books I've got to sign. So that leads to the meaningless thing. 
I went out to the store uh, the other day to try to find the best pen uh, for book signing. Mm. You know, it's 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 interesting. I, I did like a little search, like what's the best pen for book signing? And you will be very surprised to know there actually are videos about this. And there's actually a little book on Kindle uh, about the where where they looked at the different pens and thickness and all this. So anyway, I went to the store. I got the I got the uh, I will tell you the names of these because I know you'll want to know. I've got the Uniball. Uh, 2007 Impact Gel, obviously. I got the Sharpie S Gel, but the bold version of the Sharpie S Gel. And I got a uh, uh, something called Retro 51, has uh, sort of higher-end rollerball pens. So, uh, And I got a couple others, but I'm, those are the three that, that it came down to. And uh, so just so you know, if in case... This happens to you, where you have to sign thousands of things in 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 uh, a short period of time. I do believe that the Retro Fifty One, even though it, it is a little bit pricier, I do believe it is the smoothest, easiest pen on the arm. Okay, now so wait a second. Go. I'm going to look this up now. What's it called? The Retro Fifty One. It's called Retro Fifty One. It's the company, and it's their rollerball. And uh, I can actually tell you the the it's the R R E F Five P, obviously. Um, and, uh, uh, that is the, that is, the, they, they have different kinds of pens, but, but generally, uh, they all work the same and run the same. So the retro 51 smoothest pen, but I will also say the Sharpie and, uh, and the Uniball, the Uniball is really smooth and good. But I've it used smears. that Uniball pen. That, that that's it's, a, that's a good it, pen. It's I a like good pen, pen, but it's, yeah. it smears though. It smears uh, a little bit. Okay. So that was a bit of a negative. The Sharpie. Really good. It's but you know it's not like a real sharpie. It's a it's an S gel pen, uh, and it does not smear smear at all. And it's also very smooth. So I'll probably take my retro fifty one and the sharpies with me, uh, and uh, and sign uh, you know thousands of books. That's what I'm going to do. Now, what led you to declare that Jose Offerman was the number one greatest baseball player of all time? How did you come <laughs> to that conclusion? Well, because I don't well, think for... that's a popular opinion. I think are you just well, trying to sell books, drum up some controversy? Well, look, I mean, obviously, the Jose Offerman crowd out there is, uh, you know, the, they're He has they're his legion. fans. He has his, his uh, there's a lot of Offerman stands out there. Yeah, no question. There really are. His, his, his close personal uh, uh, sort of uh, family relationship to Nick Offerman is also very big. So, <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, so that's a big thing. He did lead the yeah. league in triples twice. That's the, so, that's the only data point that I can find that might support your, your but outrageous this my claim. Kind of, Kind of outrageous, crazy claim. So here's the thing. I've already started the media. The media is going to go crazy, uh, I imagine, next week. Uh, where And every single person that I've talked to on, the, on, on this in general has not only wanted to argue with me about the rankings, which is, you know, I, like, like you do a top 100 and you don't expect that. Like, ooh, what, what a surprise. Um, they've all come at me with a, somebody that they think should be on the list mm. who, who is not on the list. And so far, it's it's still very early. I've only done a few of these, but so far I have heard, of course, Zach Greinke. I mean, which you know, he sure. very well could have been Buster Posey. I got one the other day. Buster Posey. Buster Posey, one of the hundred greatest players ever. It's because of the Gi- Giants fans are annoying about Buster Posey. <laughs> they just well, they overvalue Buster Posey. Who's more annoying about their catcher? The Giants about Buster Posey or Cardinals fans? Oh, Cardinals, about- Cardinals by a mile. Cardinals by a mile. <laughs> No question. Yeah. Yeah. Yadier Molina. You know, I think Kansas. He announced his retirement. He he announced that this was like his last year. And it was like, 
we will never forget what you have given <laughs> well, to our team. Like, it's like, all right, just relax, okay? Well, and it was even worse than that because it's not, this is not his last year. Next year, yeah. it's, it's, it was like a Jay Leno retirement. Well, that's because Cardinals fans <laughs> demand a two-year parade for Yachty Molina. Like, a, just a never-ending retirement, like, marathon. <laughs> It's like, come on, guy. All right, yeah, I get it. No, he was he was meaningful to your team. You won three championships with him. I get it. But, like, give me a break. A two-year-long farewell. Like, you're going to give him a standing ovation every at-bat for two years. Like, By two the way, years of games against the Brewers in May that you have to stand up and cheer for him because uh, this is one of the last 940 times we'll ever get to see Yadi Molina catch. We, we- we might never see him against the Brewers in the second inning of a game again. It's the last. This could be the last ground ball single to right he ever hits against the Padres. We have to remember this. Take a picture of me with Yadi Molina standing on first. How many more times do you think he will face Sonny Gray before he retires? <laughs> This is interleague. Yeah, think... It's interleague play. This is the this is one of the last three times Yadi Molina will face the Blue Jays at home. <laughs> yeah, Cardinals fans are never going to listen to this again. But that's good because you're we're we're taking this thing to a new place. So, that's right. So stay tuned. Once again, stay tuned us. for more announcements about the impending move to Meadowlark Media over the next couple of weeks. Stay tuned for exciting news and information about an event we may or may not be throwing uh in early to mid-october i i uh, think there's i think there's an 83 percent chance that we're going to do this i think it's five and six yeah i think five and six five right and around six what do you chance? think yeah what okay think? i'll give you five i'll give you i'll give you five to six odds yeah, yeah. i think uh, i think i think i think there's a there's a much better chance of this happening than not happening and it will be very exciting and you will want to be a part of it i'm just telling you that because you're listening to this, so come on. Jose Offerman's career war, 17.1, just for the record. I, that's That was the hard part for me putting him number one was that I, his war hard really— hard to argue. His war didn't merit it, no. I didn't think. No. You know, but He led the league in triples twice and once in uh, sacrifice bunts. In two, 1993, <laughs> he had 25 sacrifice bunts. That's pretty good. You know what's amazing is there was a time in baseball— where if you led the league in sacrifice hits, that was like a point of pride. Yeah. Right? Like, that was like, look at this guy. This That's that's a team player. He did player. his job. He knew how to play. <laughs> <laughs> now you just laugh. But I'll tell you what, 25 sacrifice hits in a season is a that's lot. That's a lot of sacrifice hits, yeah. That's a lot of sacrifice hits. So that 269 batting average was really a lot worse than that. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, here we go. We're moving on to a new place, a new thing. It's very exciting. The future is ours. I, I, I just couldn't, couldn't be more excited. So as always, thank you. Thanks for having me.